0: So this is Frank Levendousia III with Just a Couple of Dudes Podcasts in the podcast studio. The very I mean, first one. The very first one. And we are excited to have not a $500 laptop, but an HD camera. I mean, things are popping in here. We've got colors things, on the wall. Yeah, we've colors on the wall. We have a desk. Yeah. But uh, we have a big episode today. We have Brandon here, my co-host. Uh, we also have two guests. Uh, we have one. Big guest and another big guest too. We have uh, Justin Faircloth is a, a buddy of, of mine. He's a copywriter from Frankly New Joints, uh, and he's been a big part of my business or our business actually. That's coming out here in a month. And then we went to boot camp 13 years ago. And then we have
1: the famous Mike Johnson. Hey Mike, <laughs> <dude. laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me on your podcast, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. I just want to give you a little shout out. So we we start every episode with usually a, a good mail. Uh, role model. So you're going to be our Good Men segment. Um, I've known you for 13 years, man. It was only for eight and a half weeks, but you had a big impact on my life uh, because I was 20 years old going to boot camp and you were the leader of 55, 56 men. I'm actually wearing our boot camp shirt, by the way, real corny. But, um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I haven't even worn this since boot camp. But yeah, I I just remember the impact you had on me, man, and, and seeing you famous now, or whatever you want to call it, being successful and happy. You're the same guy I knew back then at 20 years old, with one of the hardest times of my life. So you're just a good guy, man, that is being who you are. The Bachelorette just, it just exposed you, but it hasn't changed who you are. Your book is going to reach a ton of people in the community. We're excited to share that. And um, you're a good male segment, man.
1: Thank you, man. I really appreciate it, bro. I just, I am the same person, uh, the exact same person. I mean, I still go out and do the exact same things. I still, I don't even have an AC in my car right now. All my homeboys talk crap about me. I'm like, look, man, I got, I'm busy right now. I got things to do before I get AC in the car, you know? The same old dude, I still am extremely ambitious and, you know, uh, have love for people and try to pull people, uh, you know, give them that confidence that they need. Just same dude Just the bachelorette was just me trying to find love just with a camera in my face, a good HD camera in my face.
0: Yeah, yeah, it brought <laughs> out that smile, man. You're always like picturesque. Like, do you have a bad picture, Mike? Like, yeah, bro, I got plenty of bad pictures. Do you? What's your bad picture? Still an above average picture. You know what <laughs> what I'm saying? Oh, yes. Mike's walking around 6'4, 2'30, yokes. I mean, Disarming I'm, like, smile. I'm like, what the hell, man? And he's like a cool bro, too. Yeah. And I'm like, he was instantly the natural leader of a guy of 56 skies. And we could all relate to him. It didn't matter if it was the weakest link in that group of people. Mike related and Mike led us. And and I don't know, Mike, you weren't that old, dude. I thought you were older.
1: No, nah, I wasn't. Uh, Faircloth. How old are you? Are you
2: older than me? Uh, I'm 32 now.
1: 32? Oh, yeah, I'm 32 as well. Yeah, we were the so same age then. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't old. We had, I forget his name. I know we had a few guys that were older than me. I was on the older side. Yeah. Uh, at no, 21? We yeah. At 21, <laughs> at 21
2: yeah. that's old in boot camp. Like, <laughs> that's I mean, 20. it kind of is, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't
3: imagine. <laughs> I was such a little shit at 21.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I think too. we were, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike,
0: when it when it came to that role of being a natural leader, uh like why why do you think you are that way or what
1: brought you to that point like at such a young age um to me there i had a lot more stressors than what the military offered and what the, what the military brought to the table as far as boot camp i think just the way i grew up i was the leader of the household i grew up with all women mom sister and grandma and you know the, i literally will never forget i was like 8 years old and it was stormy And my sister got to jump in bed with my mom. But uh, I tried to, and she said no. (laughs) 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 And so I just had to, like, you know, tough it out. I'm like, Mom, it's thunderstorming. You know, I just had to tough it out. And I I, I guess that's just a part of me. And then all my homies, you know, before military, even when we would do something stupid, I was always the one that would speak up and be the voice of reason, right? I think that's just a... uh, I think that I, I thrive in it. I want to be the one to have to do extra push-ups because some dumbass in our flight uh, you know, messes up something. But then also, I want to be the one that has the humility to say, yo, um, Shaw, y'all remember Shaw? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shaw could run like the wind, right? Mm-hmm. And I was humble enough to be like, yo, I'm the leader of this, but I cannot run like you, bro. Like, I cannot. Yeah, he just <laughs>
0: trucked, man. Yeah, I wasn't
1: a runner, but yeah. I was, I was not, neither was I.
2: <laughs> I think it was the charisma for this guy. So Mike was like four beds down for me. And no matter what, like you could always, someone was always wanting to talk with Mike because he just had that charisma going where no matter what the mood was, no matter what we went through that day, Mike had that big smile on his face. He was joking around and he made it a fun time. Like you, you want to be yeah. around people like that, people that have that positive influence. And Mike provided that for all of us. I just remember, I always used to say, sexy a
1: lot. Y'all look sexy today, I always used to say but. Yeah, there's a lot of other
0: things said too, you know. I am pretty. I mean, uh, what was their saying in boot camp? I was gonna keep it for the end actually as a quote, but what, what is their saying, it's on the plaque, it's like sometimes just oh, know, we, made, yeah, we just we made just shit made up. We just made shit up, that was their saying from uh, yeah. Sergeant Johnson. And the thing about how Air Force is different, right, from other branches, but the Air Force became went from six weeks to eight weeks and became more war ready because we were, we were not used to be war ready. So we did like, we had a week of uh, beast training, they called it. And I was actually told in boot camp, our instructor said, yeah, you're deploying every six months. And I go, what the hell did I sign up for? And Iraq and Afghanistan, like I'm down to give my life for the country, but I want to have a life at home. That's why I did reserve. You remember that? Like Sergeant Johnson, like he he told it straight, man.
1: (laughs) Personally, I would have loved to have, you know, been deployed every, every, other six months or whatever, once a year, shall I say, like that? I would have loved it personally. Yeah,
0: I just thought, I didn't know what I got into, man. So when I, I got in, I was like, oh, it's just one week, a month, one week in a month, two weeks a year. And I was like, whatever. And then uh it was a lot tougher than I thought. I thought Air Force was going to be more like the chair force they called about. I don't remember a chair. That's all I'm saying. You know <laughs> nah, what I mean?
1: <laughs> like, <nah. laughs> yeah, people I definitely... talk crap about us, but I, I could tell you I did an uh, ass load of push ups.
2: <laughs> oh my God, the amount of push ups. Yeah, that's just ridiculous.
0: We, yeah. we, had a, we had a room, man, not to talk too much about boot camp, but to give people an idea, day we,
2: room.
0: we had a day room where the guy would throw a wet towel between the door and the wedge to shut it, and it would become a sauna, and there were 56 guys doing push-ups till we almost passed out, like he would do, and that was actually illegal, um I don't know if they can go, <laughs> yeah, it was actually like against the rules, but he would do that to make us sweat, we'd be in our puddle of sweat doing push-ups, flutter kicks, or whatever. I can almost smell it. Right now, yeah, I, I still it. smell. Actually. Definitely
2: had a smell. Yeah,
0: and then can we talk about what do you remember about me,
1: Mike? Yeah, walking around with your big ass whitey tidies on, like yeah,
3: man. <laughs> 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 oh, like.
1: oh
0: man. So I, the way I look at it, I don't like to wear clothes very often, so it is what it is. But like. You, you have, what, 26 guys in one big open bay. These things are from the 50s. And then the other bay, you guys are in the other bay. I was in a different one. And I would just like, I was like, whatever, we're at home. Like, we shower together. Like, who gives a shit? So we have to wear the same thing. So whitey tidies, they call me Captain Underpants. I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, I'm just who I am. Like, you know, this is hell. This is shit. So why not make the best of it? So
1: there you go. Yeah. There you go. This is hell. This is shit. That's, that's still of. Frank now,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm the same, bro. <laughs> Dude, there's no difference. I just have Need some. Of his initials. Own drum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Mike, going uh can you talk to us a little bit about like your career and how the Air Force propelled you and, and how you got to where you are today?
1: Bro, the Air Force, I owe so much to the Air Force because of things like our boot camp, right? Having yourself, having Faircloth and just different culture. Like, that's what the Air Force teaches you. Like, I don't care about anything else. My biggest takeaway from the military was the culture shock. Being around different people, uh, different backgrounds, different creeds, you know, different nationalities, and understanding perspective from them, right? Understanding life through their lenses. And then me being patient and being being receptive to it, right? Being wanting to understand how they see things, wanting to understand, that person's point of view. I remember in our boot camp, our basic Uh, cruise, uh me and uh, oh yeah, from New York, from New York, yeah, from yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Cruz, me and him got into it, um, and I remember. I don't know if you guys know this. Sergeant Johnson told me or uh, Ti. He's like, he's like, man, people from New York, <laughs> and like because Cruz and I got into it. We all, you know, I was got to a physical education, but just learning different people what turns people off what turns them on uh you know what sets them off what all those little nuances is what i learned from the air force and i absolutely love it and i take that some people may take it and be like and have a negative mindset to it i took it and was like okay this is how i can connect with someone right like Faircloth was saying as far as being charismatic this is what i can do to you know build a relationship with this individual right here and when i left the air force, i'm sorry when i left boot camp it was I was, you know, dorm presidents, uh, winning airman of the quarter, things like that. I know Faircloth is like super airmen. Um, I was <laughs> super I was, Air Force I was, guy. I was yeah. not the super airman.
0: Yeah, uh, I lived out
1: at Faircloth, but um, that's just carried along with me my entire career. life. I mean, even so, on the bachelorette, Hannah Brown, the bachelorette, she said to me, as she let me go, "You're such a leader in the house." Uh, I honestly don't know. All I can say is. I put people in check, but then I also love up on a really hard two. Yeah, you know,
3: I mean, so I, I you went I back and watched respect. it, right?
1: what do you say? You went back and watched it, right? No, I haven't seen the whole thing, no.
3: Oh, I mean, they edited you as like the clear leader of, of the house, if you ever went back and watched it. Uh, yeah. I don't think sure. much editing
2: required there.
3: No, yeah, I mean, you can edit, I mean, these reality shows, however you want it, but yeah, he was the, the clear kind of head of that house. Yeah, my wife, exactly. my wife, you know, makes me watch it. I don't, I don't, know. I don't do it <laughs> Makes all. you watch I don't at all. Put a gun Yeah, it like yeah it. exactly. It's, it's, yeah. it's really violent.
0: Dude. So you, you, I listened to another podcast, Mike, uh, that you were on and, uh, I forget the name of it. It's like, was it the female? It was really good. Um, oh yeah. It was just, what was, I just, I, I just listened it. to it. Gosh, darn. Mike, you wait. collective? No, gosh, you've probably been on a bunch. It was like, don't, it was like three words. Yes. Don't something. Don't yes. overdo it. She was really funny. Like a yeah, funny she was girl. really funny, dude. And uh, I remember you talking about how you like you you applied to the bachelorette, and you said some friends said, "Hey, go for it!" Like, how did that work?
1: Yeah, so uh, I was in a relationship. I was, you know, I was at REF Lakey Heath over in England, and fell in love with a girl. And you know, we decided to move to America together. Was together for in America for about two years. Uh, I broke up with her, and. I think that I said that like that. I said it with emphasis because I feel like you can break up with someone and still have your heart broke. And um, the heart was broke. I was at home, depressed for about 10, 11 months. What What did and that look like, man? You said, What did that look like?
0: Yeah, you said you were depressed 10, 11 months, and also you said that you can break up but also be heartbroken. I think that that is not connected a lot by people.
1: Yeah, that's what. Yeah, it's not. I think that people will automatically associate whoever did the breaking up means that they don't care for that person which I think is yes I think that you could break up with someone for the sanity of your own heart right and for the sanity Mm -hmm. of who you are as an individual male or a woman right and so I I, I did that for the betterment of us individually and for myself individually right Um, what did it look like was staying home every single day I didn't have a job at the time I've always been financially secure um, so I had a lot of money saved up that took care of all the bills for all those months and um uh, it was just i would wake up go to the couch not turn the tv on and just think you know and just and be in my own thoughts just be in my own head um i mean for hours on end, like it was absurd like it's crazy to even think right now i used to do that mm-hmm. the tv sometimes the tv would be on but i wasn't watching i would just be looking up at the roof, you know, or the ceiling, it would just be background noise, right? Um I never cried, and I'm not saying that to be macho. That I just didn't. I did shed six thug tears one time. <laughs> thug, thug tears? tears. Six well, thug tears. Yeah. 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 I was watching it's Netflix. Year, yeah. It was some movie called uh it's a really good movie. American um, The American Dream. It was about a college football player who lost his leg and uh like all those people were in the gym with I mean, all those people were in the hospital with him, And I shared those tears because I was like, man, who will be there for me? You know, if I went through cancer and lost a leg, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I did that. But uh, I, I realized I just had to stop being a damn victim and stop being a little child. Like, I gotta stop moping around, you know? And that's kind of what it came down to. But I will tell you, when I went back into the workforce, I literally hyperventilated and almost threw up because I hadn't been around people in such a long time. Mm-hmm. Me being a charismatic person yeah. almost threw up because I was around people for the first time in like almost a year, right? And uh, did that, got out of that depression. A lot of the things I talk about in my book are literal, literal examples of things that I chose to do to help my way out, like some exercises that I talk about in my book, uh, some mantras. The way you speak to yourself, is real oh, 100%. Like, that's real like if I say like I'm a mentee with big brothers big sisters if I speak to my mentee one way but then his mom speaks to him another way it's conflicting ideas for him he doesn't know what to think right mm-hmm. but if I speak to him negative and his mom speaks to him negative he's more than likely to speak to himself negatively right mm-hmm. um, so I, it's huge the things that you say to yourself you know are paramount Like, I always tell myself, I'm motherfucking Mike Johnson. You know, (laughs) I I, (laughs) I wish I could say that. (laughs) I mean, every ounce of that statement right there. Y'all should say it about yourself, right? I'm motherfucking Justin Fairclough, right? You know, under your breath, you don't got to say it out loud. I'm MFing, whatever the case may be, right? And that's how I got out of that that depression. Um, And then, you know, after some time, a few years later, after that, I was like, yo, I want to be in a relationship again. And my homeboy was like, Why? He was like, You you get girls, like, why? And I was like, Bro, I'm you know, I want I want a wife and kids. Like, you know, to me, that's like Mm -hmm. the next thing, right? You know? And he was just laughing at me. He died laughing. He was like, bro, you can get any girl you want. Why would you want to do that? I want wife and kids, bro. So yeah, after like forty-five minutes of him laughing at me, about six months later, he uh he sent me a Facebook like casting call. He's like, hey, you should try for this show. I was like, I don't got nothing to do on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you said a lot there, Mike. I mean,
0: a lot that we could go off on different tangents and, and things like that. First, that it's okay to have periods of depression. Uh, the only way to not hurt with love is to not love, right? Yeah. We're gonna have pain that's right. from it. And that's, that's how we grow. I would say that's what created who you are today, was going through those tough times. Um, right also as a really strong guy dude i mean you're built like a tight end i mean it's it's nice to see a guy that's has humility has pride and is able to talk about being vulnerable because we need more men that you know the stoic men are the ones that, that end up you know taking their own life or taking it out mm-hmm. on others and they don't have the support so we try to be like strong men but also vulnerable vulnerable and just because mm-hmm. you don't cry does not mean you're not hurting i I can't cry either i don't i don't know how i wish i could i think it would clear up some allergies maybe i don't know like something in my eyes but i just can't you got a little
1: clogged up, bro yeah i have i have cried three times i can remember once when selena died rest in peace selena and then twice tears of happiness like bro yeah bro i just the corniest thing i remember one time i cried tears of happiness when uh I was, it was me, my ex on the couch. And then my homeboy, he's like, he was a recon. He was recon in the air force, tatted up, super swole, dude. Like just somebody you, you get, you know, I, whatever you, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. Right. And uh, he was making like some dessert and I just started crying out of nowhere. My girl was like, at the time she was like, what's wrong with you? And then my homeboy, he was like, bro, you okay. And I was just like, I'm happy. <laughs> that was the first time that ever happened in my life, and then I cried the second time when uh my I think you know when you break up with somebody you try to like see if it's still some flames at some point in time, and uh when we tried to see if there were still flames, uh, my ex said I'm sorry because she had never apologized for anything she had did before, right, and like. When she said, I'm sorry, I, it, it, tears just be happening when they want to, right? And so <laughs> yeah. I think that, that was that was the other time that I had cried. And those those were the only three times. So I would say I definitely could cry, but as far as cry over when I'm by myself, nah, I really don't have it. How much did that apology mean to you? Oh, it was everything. It was, I didn't know I needed it until it happened, right? When she said, I'm sorry, because I, I look, when I'm in a relationship with someone, right, and it talks about what you said, being we're all stoic, guys, we're all big and macho, whatever. I think that what Brene Brown, she's a wonderful author, she talks about mm. a lot about uh, vulnerability, and vulnerability being a connector. Uh, the One of the reasons I broke up with my ex is because we had, we there, there was no communication. And yeah. so for three years after, for her to say, I'm sorry, was like, all the communication in the world for me, you know?
0: how is how is dating now mike so we know you want wife and kids you're a 32 year old guy i mean the issue isn't you know the amount of women that want to go on date with you or be your wife that's not the issue it's finding the one right so that is a much harder task you know yeah dude like justin talk about
2: your family bro you seem happy as hell i i definitely am but like mike said like uh Finding the person that you can be vulnerable with that person you can communicate with it's not an overnight process by any means When you get into these things like with me and my wife, we started out, you know, like most relationships do you know, the fire was there The spark was there and everything but once that fire starts to simmer you got to find out what you're left with and When my, me and my wife really started to settle down we found a lot of our own inner issues and a lot of issues we had with one another as far as like stuff like love languages or communication, vulnerability. Like, we're, you know, we're taught to be men when we go into the military. You don't talk about your emotions, you don't cry. Like you said earlier, like being able to talk about those things is really important. And so when I realized these kind of walls I was putting up in my own life, it really opened up our marriage as far as I was able to be vulnerable. I was able to say, you know, I'm having these problems and I, I don't have to shoulder them alone or i have these communication issues and i don't understand your perspective so with with my job in air traffic control we actually do so through the union we teach personal development classes and so one of the ones we build is called building lasting relationships and a huge step in that is talking about empathy and mindfulness and your ability to to listen without waiting for your turn to talk and i think in my relationship building on that was probably the biggest thing i ever learned was actually stopping my own perspective and learning to listen
0: man justin is like gonna be a motivational speaker or politician i yeah i mean it's coming
3: uh, just you got my vote you probably have both our votes and Mike, so that's three so yeah that was, that was a big lesson i had to learn too man and it actually took kind of um like self-therapy sessions Cause I grew up, you know, I, I didn't meet my wife till I was almost 30. So you're kind of setting your ways by then, you know? Yeah. So it was, uh we had kind of a an atypical um, relationship. I was in residency, cause I'm, I'm an ER doctor. So I was in residency in Michigan. She lived here in Phoenix and we just happened to meet essentially. And we were, we were apart for a year and a half, moved in, got engaged just a few months later and got pregnant right after that. So it was like kind of everything happened at the same time. And we didn't really get to kind of figure out who we were necessarily as a couple before kind of launching into all the re- really big important things. So uh, yeah, just like what you said, it, you know, it takes a lot of self-reflection and kind of figuring out what your strengths and weaknesses are to really kind of dive into the, the meat of a, a really good relationship. And it took us you know, a little while to iron all the kinks out, but I think we're, you know, why know we're, we're there.
2: There's always going to be kinks though. So I mean, yep. that's one of those yeah, things yeah, true. run into to so many people that are like, oh, you know, I'm having these problems and I'm thinking about divorce or breaking up or whatever. And it's like, but did you stop and take a moment to see if you could fix it first? And mm-hmm. I run into a lot of people that don't want to take the time to fix those issues. And that, you got to refine that magic.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a big one right there. Uh, I don't know if I want to call you Justin or Faircloth. <laughs> right
2: here, man. Mighty Mouse that's, is still there.
1: <laughs> Mighty Mouse, yeah. I'm like Justin Faircloth, Mighty Mouse. <laughs> uh, but that's a big one right there. I feel that when people, you know, want to end their relationship, they feel like they have to in their relationship. Sometimes it's just putting that ego to the side. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ego is a big thing. Like sometimes you're not going to win that conversation. Right. And even if you feel like you are 100% right in that conversation, this is something I have learned, talking about myself and my shit. Even if you know that you're right in that conversation, just don't speak it. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it's just, sometimes it's just there for you. Like you said, Justin, to just listen. Yep. Yeah, just my, listen to that person's going through. You don't necessarily always have to fix. Sometimes your partner may want you to just be a voice or be an ear.
2: Okay, right? right there.
3: Yep, that's a hundred percent. My grandma left me with really, really kind of uh, profound um, advice, and it was: you don't always have to be right. And you don't always have to say the last thing. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. I try to. Well, I, I try to do that, but uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> the best at that. My wife can attest to that.
1: Hey, we all, we all are, uh,
0: are imperfect creatures. You know. Yeah. For sure mike so we're both single dudes me and mike johnson 31 32 you know right. su- semi-successful people or whatever good people but dude it's hard to date nowadays man like i mean that that's just my experience It's like there's a lot of like apps and like it's very superficial and then it's like a lot of games you know like depending on how you dress i drive a corolla dude no one knows <laughs> how much money i have i don't want you judging me for how much money i have you know what i mean you don't need that's to know right. like i'm open but there's a lot of, I think, unhealthy tendencies
1: in dating, and it's just exhausting. Like, I don't know. No, I feel you, man. Bro, I dropped a Ford Focus, like a 2014 at that. A 2014 Ford Focus. It's I love that, bro. For five years, and I just don't care to get a new car, <laughs> quite honestly. Great. Yeah. People don't need to know how much money you have. And if a girl were to judge me off my car, I don't want to be what I ask anyway. <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. Like she
0: should judge you for how beautiful a man you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But on the inside, though, like, I think you have to connect on so much more when that fire uh, goes out, like Justin was saying, is that what's left, you know, what? what's actually at the core, because that's what's going to last. Everyone does really well when, you know, the chemicals of romance are involved. All you want to do is be on top of each other. Like that's it. And it's just science and after that what's left right is that the kind of the fire we're talking about
2: absolutely Mm -hmm.
3: and what's left is the good stuff man just sitting at home watching a really dumb netflix movie that she wants to watch and like pretending you don't like it but actually liking
1: it and you you gotta like you gotta watch (laughs) the bachelorette with her you know i don't like this man it's the worst this mike johnson guy he's really intriguing
2: it's (laughs) kind of add up in the end like you can look across the room and I can make an in, a joke in my own mind and kind of just look at my wife in a situation and she'll start laughing. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's those connections that you build that really make up the relationship once you're past that lust stage, because we lo- everyone loves the lust stage, right? Mm-hmm. We're all about the lust stage, but and hopefully that carries through your marriage. But you gotta be able to, like Brandon said, sit on the couch, enjoy a Netflix and actually hang out, be able to talk. Mm-hmm. Hell, be able to talk. Sometimes, be confident
1: and be okay with no words being exchanged. Mm-hmm. Right, that was an issue that I had. Uh, was that oh my God, we're on the couch for four hours, neither one of us said you know ten words to each other. Sometimes, look, I'm just chilling. You know, we, I'm. Your presence alone is enough, right? Or mm-hmm. what I like, what I like to talk about now is parallel play. Uh, for a lot of people in COVID and being at home, parallel play, it's a term that we use in regards to children. When you look at children, they go to the playground and they play around like, the, I forget the damn name of the thing. Uh, little, the ring around, whatever you call that. Some of those kids don't even know who the hell each other are, but they're just having a great time in the same environment, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I tell couples to do is during COVID, during quarantine, Sometimes that's what it is, just parallel play. You could be in the same environment, the same household, but doing completely doing your own thing. And it's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. My girl could be downstairs, I could be upstairs for 10 hours. And it doesn't always necessarily mean something is wrong, right? Sometimes an individual just needs their space. And for me, that was one thing I had to learn was space, right? When I was in a relationship. How long
0: have you wanted to, to have a wife and kids? Like, when did you know?
1: Um, I came back from Qatar. I remember, uh, I remember getting down on my hands and knees and I was praying and I said, my last sentence I said was I want the hard way up. And for me, what that meant was like, I can get girls before TV (laughs) after. And I say that with humility, right? That wasn't my issue. Right. Uh, but when I said the hard way up, it was more of, I want to stick with one woman. I want to deal with her BS. I need to deal with my own BS. You know, uh, we, we grow together. And so I was 20, 24 going on 25. So I'll say 25 years ago. I think, I think that's good, Mike, because like, um, I didn't even want kids
0: until about five years ago until my nephew was born. And then I didn't realize what, a grandchild brings to the family and what a child. I didn't understand at all until I held my nephew and I was like, oh my God, this is I love kids. Like and I see Brandon over here and he makes kids. me Yeah, bro. And then I, I see Brandon over here. I go to his house the other day, Mike, and he's like a poster boy for a husband, father, family, cute little redheads, a one year old, three year old, beautiful wife, they're they're business partners, best friends. I'm like, I'm like, what the what the hell am I doing wrong? You know what I mean? I'm like, what the what the
1: not everyone yeah. can hit the lotto, man. Yeah, man. Oh. I get that. I want that too, bro. I really do. My yeah. ultimate ultimate number one goal in life over anything else is to build a treehouse with my children, right? Number one goal over money, over I mean I built that. Success, no matter <laughs> what, right? <That's laughs> he said, See, I want that, bro. I want that. <laughs> yeah, I he's got that. It. Like that's just some that's just so dope to me. But yeah, yo, Frank, I mean, is it you know? we got time you know we got time you
3: got plenty like, of time man
1: yeah we got we got plenty of time bro if, if i don't find one i always say this in a joking manner i do always say i told my mom and my dad already if i'm 35 years old and i don't have a kid some we're we gonna go half on a baby i already said that <laughs> <laughs> um, um, i mean george cooney was 53 before he got married to
0: his lady right yeah and, and you also you do take care of yourself and um, you know, we're fortunate as men that we have, you know, we don't have the same time clock. Uh, it is better to be a little bit healthier. We're finding out, but if you take care of yourself and, and that kind of thing, you do, you can be older. And I actually appreciate being an older parent because I'm grinding really hard right now. I know you are Mike, Brandon is balancing a lot. I know Justin is, uh, I, when I do have kids, I want to be able to put more time to them. Like Brandon always prioritizes his, his children at a young age. He's very busy, has a lot of success going on, but he, you know, it's family first. You know, because at the end of the day, man, money money's important. We're all money conscious and and big into that and th- and driving. But like, you don't get that time back. Mm-mm. That's all you get.
3: Yeah. yeah, like I have to work a lot of evenings because I'm an ER doc, right? And and the kids both always just respond better to me at bedtime. So on the days I'm not working, I'm pretty much off limits from six o'clock to eight o'clock because that's that's bedtime.
1: Nice. I like that's how my uh, homeboys and one of my businesses. Yeah. I know cause his, his art Phoenix, 8 PM is her bedtime. So I don't care how busy I need him or how much I need him. He ain't answering the phone You know yeah. during that time frame. It's good. It's the best. I definitely get that. Uh, for me, it's always been about success. It's always been, what type of lifestyle do I want to live? Not necessarily what I want to do in life. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. My, I never, I never knew what an uh, air traffic controller was before the military. Literally had no idea what the hell that was. Um, and then I, I know about it now. Uh, but I knew what type of lifestyle I wanted to live. And so that's always been a big thing for me. I don't—I know the number one reason for divorce is financial. The number two reason is infidelity. Number two, I'll never do. And number one, I'm blessed to never have that issue, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I set myself up. I was a financial advisor before going on TV and now an author. And so to me, it's just always lifestyle choices. What type mm-hmm. of life do you want? So I, I agree. Well, you're, you're blessed and you're also, you know, you reap what you sow.
0: I mean, you, you built this, you manifested this life from a long time ago, Mike. Like, I mean, I know you're a very hum, uh, humble person. And I just want to say, man, I look up to you. I mean, you're, you're older than me. I looked up to you at 20, but, uh, you know, in my whitey tidies, bro, I was like, thank God we got Mike, man. what do you call it? Let's be sexy. I'm like, we're sexy. You know, like,
1: <laughs> I don't know why I gotta be the only dorm chief to ever be like, yo, Mighty Mouse, you look sexy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <day>. I mean, <laughs> and, all so, together.
0: and somehow you say that, but it's still masculine. Like, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't come across in a
3: weird way. It's like, man, he's still the man. You know, we're like, yeah, we are sexy.
0: You're right. Okay. Okay.
3: All right. You empowered the shit out of him. Yeah, he man. It's still stuck with him. He still says I'm sexy.
0: Yeah, I day. still say I'm sexy. It doesn't matter if I have
3: a little bloated day. It's all right.
1: <laughs> you got to, but Hey, Winnie, Winnie the Pooh wore, wore his underwears and you know had a little bloat and it was all good. I thought he only had a shirt and no pants. It might have been a shirt and no pants. It <laughs> might have been um, something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Mike, going going back to kind of what you're working on business wise, let's talk about your book. Cause you're pushing that, it comes out yeah. October. I'm excited to buy it. Can you talk about yes. what how that came about and, and
1: what's what what are you providing? Yeah, October 2nd, World Smile Day, to make, making the love you want uh, comes out. To be honest, bro, it was a combination of, before I went to the military, I went through a depression. Uh, I told you about the depression I went through when me and my ex broke up. But then um, one of my really good friends and a client of mine, she committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of uh, my bosses in the Air Force, when I was deployed, he committed suicide. And I had one of my homegirls, she, you know, she was obese and she was telling me she was crying for like hours and she had sent me this picture of her was that wasn't flattering. And she was like, Mike, I'm only sending this to you because you know how to talk to me in such a way that you ain't gonna lie to me, but you can like encourage her without lying and and make, you know, in a positive light. And so quite honestly, bro, I just got, I just, you know, I think we all the same way in terms of don't come to me with a problem, come to me with a solution. Right. And so for me, my book is literally just a solution to help mitigate the growing pandemic of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And so within the book, and it's cool that I think it's kind of cool that I'm, I'm speaking from a male perspective because all the authors I name, the books that I have here, for the most part, when it comes to things like that, do come from a, a woman's perspective, right? Uh, and my book called Making the Love You Want is, is not a, a relationship book. It's not about how to hook up with, you know, somebody. It's about how to hook up with yourself and connect with yourself and say, damn, you know what? I look sexy in my underpants, right? <laughs> Captain Underpants, you know, yeah. it's it's truly it's truly about, you know what? Stop being a victim of yourself. When the grass isn't always greener on the other side, what do you do, right? And so, and I speak, I mean, I have a lot of tattoos and I, you, you know, it's my, my voice, my authentic voice from when I speak about my tattoos or when I speak about certain types of music i listen to or things that i've done and i feel that i just simply for some reason am incredibly cool with being vulnerable and i know that like Brene brown says vulnerability is such a bridge such a connector and so i think the people that read this book whether you're at the top of your the food chain you're in your sphere you still got bad days you know it's Mm -hmm. just that simple or whether you're at the bottom and you can't go no further down, this will give you that push that you need to know that you're a badass if you believe that you are.
3: Yeah, I think that's pretty rare for a man to not only admit vulnerability to themselves, but also project that for, you know, the the entire world, right, to read this. And I think that's a really important message, especially with how popular you are right now. I think a lot of people are
1: going to get reached with that. Yeah, hopefully so, man. I, uh, I think, honestly, I, I ain't going to lie. I have a chip on my shoulder. Uh, Simply because I do come from reality TV mm-hmm. and I am perceived as, I mean, let's be 100. When you're on reality TV, you're not necessarily taken as the most the smartest individual in the room. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my the chip I have on my shoulder is damn sure I want people to be like, wow, this dude was on reality TV? This is like actually an incredible book uh, that really Great. touches people. And so that's a that's little chip I have right there. How how long have you had a chip on your shoulder though, Mike? Like
0: before, even before that, have you always had that kind of like Michael Jordan in the Last Dance? I was such a fan of that.
3: That's how I. That's how I live my life, bro. Every, I always every podcast. We have to talk about the Last Dance. I, it just,
0: dude, <laughs> it got me back in the NBA, bro. I bought a Luka uh, Booker jersey, Luka Doncic jersey. I'm watching the
1: NBA every hey, night. Luka is the truth, bro. bro Luca Luca's, is the
0: truth. There's never been a player like him. Like <laughs> Magic he's Johnson. I, I don't. I don't know, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah.
1: He's Magic Johnson.
0: Know. I don't know. I don't know, man. Lucas like <laughs> Lucas Luke like. Is what trooper. did he
1: just do? Like you're like. like Lucas is the truth. Luke is the
3: truth. Yeah. All so, right. um. He's literally Magic 2.0. Yeah. It's unreal.
0: 2.0. I wish I could have saw Magic. on am a little bit. Uh, Brandon's a little older than all of us here, so he got to Thanks. see, you know, Larry Bird, Magic <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> I also went, I
3: also am a Michigan State Spartan, so he's. Uh-huh. uh okay.
0: yeah, yeah, Pretty much a legend. Uh, right? dude, Very the NBA, young. the NBA is fun to watch right now. Like, I know. I don't know. It's been so exciting for me to have some sport to like hang on to because COVID's been tough for everybody. I mean, we're this week is football week. Yeah, man. I'm you it lights me up. I don't even need no girl right now. Like, let me put the game on, let me <laughs> let me eat some steak or something, hang out with my, my boys and watch the game, and that's it. You know, like I'm yeah. a happy camper. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm a happy camper. Um you asked the question, you said, How long have I had a chip? Mm-hmm. I think honestly, bro. And I think everything changed for me like 10th grade. Tenth mm. or ninth, tenth grade. That's when everything changed for me. Because I was kind of whack at football and just my whole personality is like I'm a boss. I've always talked to myself highly, right? And uh and I didn't like the way I talk about this in my book. I actually speak about this in the book. I didn't like the way one of my coaches talked to me. And it just pissed me the hell off. And I was like, bro, I could do any damn thing. And Ever, ever since then, I've always had a chip just to be better and better and better and better. Like last night, uh, I, was, I hit up some of the homies. I was like, yo, it's, very, it's real simple. Just be the best you could be. And that's all I said to them, right? That's just, ever since 10th grade, I think that's been my motto. Just just do better, bro. Just be better. I don't care what it's at. Like. I don't care if it's being a father, you know, if it's being, you know, a AT, ATC, uh, podcast host, an ER doc, you know, author. Uh, just be better. Period. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think that's bro. really important just to hear every day, especially just from your friends. It's just, it's just a reminder, like, just,
1: just do it. Yeah, just real, real talk. Just, yeah, bro, just do it. Like, yo, talk about just do it. I have a, this past weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was, I have a TV show that I'm coming out with. That I put mm. all my money in, and I'm—I cry every time I look at how much I'm spending. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> you don't sure. cry though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Mental
1: I mean, tears, bro. Mental, <laughs> mental, tears, mental tears. Let's, Let's hear about it. it. I mean, can you talk I have about? Like, yes, crying. Like I have cried, but uh, just do it. How to? I don't know how to do a TV show, but what I do know is that I can be introspective and know what I'm not good at, mm-hmm. and so I hire someone that does know, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still getting done. You know, still I'm still making it happen. So where where's the TV show going, Mike? Like, where, are you able to talk about that,
0: or where are you trying to to reach? Is it like a is this like going to be on main TV, Netflix, like those kind of things,
1: or what? Yeah, we're trying to take it to the top, bro. Okay. We're we, we trying to take it to the top. I shouldn't even ask that. Is it, is it still hush hush right now? Yeah. Yeah. No. Very very much. Oh, okay. Right. So oh, okay. yeah, we
3: wanna we wanna talk about it. Hey, real quick question though, what in what way did your coach speak with you or speak to you?
1: That was you know an oh, offensive manner. He just said. Uh, this is what I say in the book. He said uh, to me, we're about to run this play. And one of the, the, the first string player didn't want to play because he, did, he didn't want to go in for the play because he wasn't going to get the ball. Mm-hmm. And so the coach was like, oh, well, just throw Mike in there. And I was like, what, if, what you mean? You know, I was like, it's like if I say, if I'm the ER doc, oh, yeah. this person, their heart is already okay. Just put you in there. You know, yeah. you can go check mm-hmm. them out now. Yeah, you're not going to ruin no, anything. Can handle the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah. And um uh, and I I mossed everybody on you know on that on that uh, practice, but then they actually put me in the game and I dropped the ball. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Damn, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> terrible, bro. Oh, that's funny. I talk man. About, uh, you should be on the Cowboys. Yeah. I hey, don't hate on my Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, me neither, bro. I'm a diehard
0: Cowboy. <laughs> yeah, that was directed man. to Frank. I'm, I'm, flying to Cowboys, too. Yeah, I'm flying out. Yeah, I'm flying out to a game this year. I don't care if it's ten percent capacity. I don't give it. I don't care. I got Jalen Smith jersey, man. Have you ever oh. been a
1: Cowboy game? not not at uh, Dallas yeah Uh, bro it's dope it's dope the uh I'm a Cowboys fan but I hate Jerry Jones you know he spends more I uh, don't even want to talk look this next summer cowboy. like I just get annoyed (laughs) Dude,
0: isn't that the ultimate failure that like being a Cowboy fan is like having a wife that cheats on you every year but you always come back you know what I mean like I'm hoping that I hate saying I'm a Cowboy fan but I can't choose it it's what I love like, yeah, it's just, I bleed blue, you know? Yeah, bro. Oh. Like, if my wife doesn't understand, I'm a Cowboy fan. Like, we, I don't know if you can be wife. Like, you don't have to be a Cowboy fan. Just understand this is, you know, since I was five, man, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith, they like,
1: yeah.
0: I don't know. It, it makes no sense logically, but yeah, that's how you I know. am
1: with the Suns. It <laughs> it's terrible. It's a- Devin Booker's not going to stay with the Suns, bro. Hey, son? you don't say that. No, <laughs> dude, you don't, you think he's leaving? He's talking Kendall Kendall Jenner now. I think he's he's uh, moved out of L. A. It's a whole thing. He's not saying he's not saying that. That's great. Give him give him two hundred million. I don't care. I just got that. keep him here. Oh,
0: he's you know I
1: wanted uh, talking about Dallas Cowboys and about sports. I wanted Kawhi Leonard so bad to go to the Mavericks.
0: Oh, man, he's such a good player. Kawhi can go anywhere and elevate the team. If he was more outspoken, I think he'd be more favored. But because he's so humbled and, like, you know what I mean? He's quiet. He's like a Tim Duncan, like quiet, but gets the job done. Like, it just doesn't make him as good. He, he's top five in the NBA. He's got a great laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: his laugh. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. That's yeah, I can't do he it. Just, he's just a zoned-in person. He is. Mm-hmm. He's great. He's
0: super zoned-in. So Mike, what what went into the process of writing a book? Like I think a lot of people are
1: trying to write or be creative. Like how did that bro, work? Bro, that's the first off, the mindset is I start this shit, I'm gonna finish this shit. Period. And then I'll say the second thing is, bro, that thing took forever. Like yeah. it's so hard to write a book. Like people don't understand. Like, like I, you know, I hope everyone on your podcast, you know, checks out the book, you know. You know supports it that crap is hard especially because well i did the independent route you know and so that means that i pay for everything up front i didn't get a huge royalty check nothing like that uh i i don't have a marketing budget i'm doing all of this on my own mm-hmm. out of my own pocket right and so therefore there's a pros and cons i'll be completely transparent the pro is i get 100 percent of my dollars right mm-hmm. outside of like my expenses you feel me so if it costs ten dollars to print the book and i charge twenty dollars for the book and it costs two dollars for shipping i get eight dollars back right um so that's definitely a pro the con is all the stress of dealing with a book i gotta deal with yeah i mean there's so many little nuances that you do not think of outside of writing a damn book so but in regards to your question about writing a book you can't tell that can't tell like it was really stressful
0: yeah (laughs) I i can tell
1: in regards to writing a book, I would say, literally, me right here on my couch with my laptop, you know, maybe a glass of wine, and three, four in the morning, I like to write. When everyone else is in the world is asleep, I feel like, uh, I, I mentally, it was for me, it was like everyone's asleep, so I could, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some, I'm, I can be candid and talk openly when no one else is listening, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that is going out to the world, but that's just the mindset you got to be in. Um, sometimes it's you know talk to speech or what is it you dictating yourself right mm-hmm. so i would do that at times um, other time i would say this i never got a writer's block because when i would feel that i would just stop writing make a break yep you don't need to write through in my opinion you don't need to write through that because if you do you won't get your best material out mm. uh, and then for me like, I, I was so honest in my book, bro, about when I was talking to my editor, she would tell me, you need to go deeper. And I call it emotional homework, which is, it's like, ooh, I have to have some conversations with my mom and my dad before the book comes out because they'll be pretty, pretty mad if I don't tell them <laughs> first. But uh, the process is just, like I said, step one is just a mental step, which is just, I'm going to start this shit, I'm gonna, I'm going to finish this. And then just from there, you do have to a quasi calendar of okay, I need I need to write this much, you know, this week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which just keeps yourself accountable. And then from there, if it's your number one thing, then you need to put that above everything else. It's like I love something that Kobe Bryant said, and I talk about the late great Kobe in my book. He was talking about, so I think a reporter asked him, "How is he such a great father to what four daughters?" And an NBA legend, and he was like, I put just as much work in my family life as I do on the court, right? And that to me that was pretty dope to me, right? Yeah. And so, just saying a lot because yeah, Kobe was yeah. no one's putting more work than Kobe mm-hmm. ever, yeah, yeah, it's real, it's real. Yeah. But for him to do that and say, There is no slack, right? Mm. There, there, you can't. I, I always hear the analogy of, you know, when you get with someone, you have such a burning flame, right? And then you have your careers take off. And so you got a little flame in this category that takes from this category. You have children. It takes a little bit of flame. Shit, in 10 years, your flame is going out. So you always have to keep the same flame that you kept with your girl in the beginning. That has to stay. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to be an ER doctor? And I know you work your butt off. You figure that out. (laughs) You know, figure it out how to keep that flame throughout all you of You always got
3: to set time aside for that, man.
0: Yeah, Brandon does like this amazing job because he's my business partner with our business starting next month. Um, he's got a big project he's working on which is a business is going to help with
3: COVID which and is stuff funny like it's actually our one of our investors is one of Jerry Jones's best friends <laughs> it's so it's gonna I go love up.
1: Jerry as a business person don't <laughs> yeah. get it
3: twisted
0: yeah. Yeah. don't get it twisted, I, it, get it, twisted. It, it wouldn't get it back to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah Stephen Jones did a lot better though I think Steven's really helped right the ship a bit because they made some good moves the last like five six
1: years like better than they used to you I now, heard I think, that uh I heard he like he cursed his dad out or something in regards to CeeDee Lamb. Like they didn't oh. pick him up. Yeah, they were like, yo, I'm I'm gonna kill you if we don't pick him up. <laughs> Dude, they're they're
0: Texan, or they're Arkansas, I think, from Arkansas, but Texan Arkansas. type guys. And then you got Will McClay, who doesn't get enough credit. Will McClay, the general manager. His mm-hmm. draft uh, strategy and his results have been remarkable. He's not the technical GM because it's Jerry Jones likes a title old guy, but uh, yeah, he's the reason why. <laughs> Yeah, it's a title. Um, But yeah, with Brandon, dude, like he, he, you know, he jumped on board with the business that we started in a month called Frankly New Joints. The podcast, I, he was like, I saw him two months ago. This podcast went from a backyard podcast to now it's professional. Um, He's balancing his his two young beautiful daughters, his wife, uh, and then he's doing, and he's an ER physician right now. He goes to shift here soon. I mean, emergency room is not. I mean, it's usually chaotic. Yeah, it's nothing to play with. And we used to run codes together and save people that were you know dying and stuff like. I mean it's a
3: testament man there there is a if there's a will there's a way to do it mm-hmm. facts. yeah we're waiting Fact. on our fda approval for this uh device that he's kind of hitting that, and should be any day so it'd be pretty cool nice well
0: congratulations on that man For real. he's, he's also yeah. overly humble like but yeah yeah it's i can't wait to be just your cheerleader <laughs> can i just
3: be the
0: cheerleader for you guys like i'm just gonna be a hype man that's it that's who i am you know
1: I just want to be the hype man. I'm just here to hype y'all up.
0: Well, you, man, you uh, I got to tell you, you brought up mental health. I actually struggled with PTSD uh, for a long time, and I ended up healing it with EMDR and hypnosis in the last, like, six months, actually. And I'm actually living a full life now. Um, I actually had my first PTSD flare-up during boot camp, because how it works is when you have an acutely stressful situation, which is basic military training, it mm-hmm. threw me into a deep, dark place. So I want to say all the guys that are around me helped pick me up. Um, and I went through a lot. And anyways, I just, mental health is a, a huge passion of mine, uh, and Brandon's, and then mm-hmm. this podcast too. So I'm no, glad no. that.
1: This week is-, is actually suicide prevention week. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mean, that's, it's kind of like a perfect timing, I guess, to have this conversation. Yeah, uh, man, it's
0: uh, the seventh leading cause of death, and it's the saddest death, I think, because it's the most preventable, and a lot of it is, is trying to, I don't have all the answers, it's multifactorial,
2: but every time someone does take their life, it's sad, like, regardless. It's one of the things that we have to get comfortable talking about, and, and it's not just suicide by itself, but mental health in general, we've been taught and conditioned from such a young age that don't talk about that, keep it to yourself, keep it boxed inside. But like Mike said, when he talks about vulnerability, or when you talk about your PTSD, or when we all talk about suicide, we have to be able to take these topics and make them something that every single person talks about. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling, I'm having these negative, dark thoughts. And then, you know, like us right here, lifting each other up. I want to be your hype man. I want to, I want to congratulate you. That's what we need to have for one another. We got to reach back and pull each other up. When we're successful and we got to be able to put, stick our hand out when we're not having the best of times, too. That's
1: yeah. Definitely so. You know, I was just as you were speaking, Justin, I was thinking, we got to be like the dopest boot camp crew ever because, like, ever, ever. yeah,
2: especially from like, the air, air force, force boot camp,
0: goodness. <laughs> especially from the air force. Like, just we yeah. were flight 745 320 training squadron in the, the World yeah. War II uh air for air force um dorms you call them or whatever they're old dude they were like so much mold was in there bro was there asbestos in there like you know what i mean like it was old and um yeah i don't know it's really weird man some of the you have eight and a half weeks but those struggles build um lifelong friendships like these guys i haven't seen in 13 years and i could still you know grow out with them right now and and it it just continued that day and we've had a lot of growth it's it is really is amazing
1: Cool. That's pretty dope. That's
2: pretty dope. That I, remember I No,
1: you go, man. I was just thinking, Uh, I wonder like what uh, Sergeant Johnson and our trainee, a uh, trainee T.I. I forget his name. McEwen. And, uh, what'd you say? McEwen. McEwen, McEwen yeah. McEwen. Was I doing knew forces. it was weird. I knew yeah. it was weird. Uh, didn't McE- uh, Sergeant McEwen throw the damn boot out the- Oh, the dude. Yeah. He threw the shoe through the window. He he, he was
0: trying to be all hard, you know, and he took a guy's shoe and just
1: chucked it and broke a window. He got trouble and (laughs) whatever. Yeah, he had to calm down a bit, but. yeah, It was so crazy. I I wonder what they're doing now, because I know, I think Sergeant McEwen went to Germany. And that's all I really remember.
0: Yeah, it's hard how you you never see people again. Um, You know, I went to tech school. I did HVAC, so I did like five months at Shepard, which sucked. You guys both did air, air traffic? Is that right?
1: Oh, no. Oh, uh, Justin yeah. did. Justin air traffic. I was cybersecurity.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You switched, though, huh, Mike? Weren't you one of the guys that switched in boot camp? Like, weren't they, like, taking people?
1: Yeah, I was unsure because, again, mm-hmm. in my whole life, I just know the type of lifestyle I want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, up to because, get there. Yeah, just the path to getting there. I'm sure y'all have seen, like, the path to success is not like like yeah. this. It's more... <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah. erratic as shit yeah yeah exactly right yeah. and so i did switch i even switched in tech school somebody was like i was supposed to go to some stateside base i'm like hell no that and i switched to somebody to go overseas so but mm. it was for me man
0: what a journey mike and you're only 32 like where where do you see yourself in the next five years if you had to guess like where are you hoping where are you aiming wife and kids man
1: oh definitely so definitely so wife and kids i want to be uh i'll be putting out my second book around that time frame. Uh i'll be on my journey to i mean to be honest at 35 years old i'll be financially free to where i never have to work for money again. Um and i'll be doing exactly i'll be becoming a renaissance man like to be straight up. I love it. I want to learn Mandarin Chinese, Spanish, uh the guitar, the piano, the sax, uh, uh what I, uh, my favorite fighting stance which is uh I'm just losing my mind right now. Uh, Israeli's fighting stance, uh Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah, Krav Maga.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a Renaissance man. man
0: so you already you... have a second book idea?
1: Yeah. All right. It's already yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Bro,
0: he's probably got five book ideas. Let's <laughs> be real, man. anything Mike does? Here's the bar. Here's Mike. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's good. That's that's who you are. I think something that people recognize with for a long time is you actually know who you are and you are being a hundred percent of what Mike Johnson needs to be. Like people may say, oh, Mike, are you doing okay? Are you stressed out? Like, no, 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 Mike Johnson's a cheetah. He needs to run. <laughs> like that, that's, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's who you are, man. And, and you can see it. it. That's why you light up.
1: That's you're funny you say that, bro. That's When I was, uh, one of my managers back in the day, he was like, bro, you're like a stallion, a horse. I'm trying to pull back the reins and you just want to go. Yeah. That's
0: um, it. I mean, sometimes you need a partner to, Hey, Hey, Mike, you know, eat, eat some carrots like, here. Let's chill out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. a out. Slow down.
0: Let's Yeah. Let's do that. Cause yeah. like I'm, I'm pretty high energy yeah. and nonstop and people assume that because of that, that I'm not happy at times. And it's like, you don't understand when you are in the zone, like I forget what day it is. Most of the time I have to ask patients actually what day it is. I don't know. I'm like, what, what is today? Wednesday, Thursday. I don't know. I just know where I'm at. I know what I'm doing today. And I think that's how life was meant to be. We're not supposed to be so calendar jockey. Um, and I, it's so nice to see that Mike Johnson's giving this, and even Brandon and Justin and all of us are given this example of you don't have to do, you know, the, the basic, race. yeah, the yeah. rat race yeah. that, that was never intended to fulfill people. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's gonna help with mental health. That's gonna help with a better society. I'm a big advocate. Our podcast actually sold here just to give, do a quick plug. We
3: actually um the last guest that we had yeah up. dude the last guest we had how to rona there's <laughs> this guy this er doc that i know I had this kind of viral video on msnbc about how to rona this textbook that he had it was in response to that trump axios interview and it was pretty funny so that, it, uh, we just released that this morning but we did this for for charity to st jude's
0: and, and guys he was a he's a freaking er doc in the air force overseas twice yeah so they this guy hours. was it like saw trauma horrific stuff in afghanistan i mean this guy is an absolute stud we had a great conversation it's just nice and then all the proceeds of this shirt that we all manually did by the way it was a lot of work it took us four hours just to bag them all and, the proceeds and yeah and my buddy eric who's not <laughs> here but um all the proceeds go to st jude's yeah so it's like how how can we stand up as strong men how can we stand up as good male role models and and walk the walk mm-hmm. and also give back because There are some really daunting things going on in the economy, political realm. I mean, all kinds of things are kind of scary right now. And this is when we need to stand up. And I think
1: I think definitely, Mike, you're you're leading the charge, man. I think we all are. I think we definitely all are. In our own respective uh in our own respective environments, we definitely all are. But I appreciate that.
3: And I would say even for Justin, just being the father that, you know, he seems to be, that's that's leading a very important charge as well as just being present and being just an awesome family guy. Yeah, and well, Justin is world on well thought out. Yeah, hey, Mike, so I put out a Facebook post asking people to, uh, if there's any pressing questions for Mike Johnson, and I would say 90% of them was just asking for a date. <laughs> <laughs> one, of them, one of them was my wife and one of them was my cousin, so I'm not gonna do that. Um, but why, why the fuck weren't you the bachelor?
0: Yeah, bro. what happened there,
3: bro? Like I don't know. I, that. I quit. So like I watched usually about three quarters of each season. Like I couldn't watch that one.
1: He's exactly. not watch that. One. Yeah. Like the one
3: that you should have been the bachelor. Like.
1: Yeah. What Peter's... the hell happened?
3: Yeah.
0: Are you are you trying to get back on? No. Like or do you done? Nah, like, it's, it does, nah. it's, you're oh, done. Shit.
1: Oh okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You better things. I don't. No, I mean the bachelor was a great, you know, yeah, a great thing. But I, it's not. I'm not. But you were like on clearly there. the guy that should have been it. I agree. <laughs> like, <"Well>, I,
0: <laughs> was that was that I a would... chip on your shoulder
1: after that, or no? Maybe it might not in the sense not in the sense of oh I want to be the bachelor, but in the sense of it just adds to my chip on my shoulder probably. So yeah. I'm like yo I know I was a great uh, individual to be cast yeah. as this position, um, so it probably does add. I never looked at it that way, yeah. but it probably only makes you want to be even better. I mean, everybody I mean, loved you. I, I I've always said to be to win the popular vote two years in a row, but to lose the to the electoral co- electoral college vote two years in a row is pretty damn annoying. Uh, but I mean, if I find my wifey before going on TV, I don't give a damn. The whole point about it is finding love, right? So, yeah.
0: Would Would you say that's actually how most people go on the show, or
1: what was your? No, no. Um, so I never really, I watched one episode before. Um, and that was when my homegirl my apartment kind of complex, you know, the people that watch the show, like have bachelor watch parties. Mm-hmm. She made me come watch it. She said, I'll be the bachelor one day. And that was the only episode I ever watched. But, uh, I, wait, hold on, what was your question? I just went like, Do I'm people concerned. go on it
3: to find love or for other reasons? Oh yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. So right. I went well, there on there. I went on there with the intention. I'm, I'm trying to find love. Like if it yeah. thing works out, but what I've learned, you know, being in the in the in the Bachelor frat house, yeah. it's not like that for everybody. People have agendas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not everyone. Some people want love. Some people have an agenda. Some people literally watch the show since they're on elementary school and just want to be on the show yeah. uh, and want to meet Chris Harrison. I didn't even know who Chris Harrison was. <laughs> he walked in the room. Like that's it. I literally legit. I didn't even know who he was. So that's great. He's the host. Yeah, Frank okay. yeah. I don't know. We either. want to get Frank, Frank on there. Say, I'll, I'll
0: watch it now because you were on it, but honestly, yeah, I'll I don't watch TV. On, yeah. So don't, yeah. yeah, let's um, get Frank on there. I watch it. NBA, oh. NFL and
1: stuff. <laughs> if, you, if you want to go on there, I, I definitely, uh, I'm pretty sure I can uh, get them to listen. Hey, man, I, uh, you
0: know, I'm not Mike Johnson. I am just Frank, but uh, I, I think I would be, I think I'd be
1: fun. You know, I'm well, looking for love. It. That's a pretty cool, you gotta use that in some realm. I'm just is, Frank. Yeah, oh, he does all the time. I do, man. I, I say it all the time because at <laughs> the end of the other day, the yeah, it's, a,
0: it's a thing. He made me do a personality test the other day and go, bro, I'm not I don't need that personality test. I'm just Frank. Like that's just my response because I don't want to be labeled. I want to be who I am. But he did their personality. And test. you know what? It was actually really good. <laughs> it was actually really good. <laughs> I, so I learned a lot we, about myself.
1: You learn that you are actually indeed a psychopath. You that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: pretty much, man. Basically, um, um, what is that movie? American Psycho. What is that one with oh, Chris Bale? Bale? American Psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 i like yeah. that, but I don't kill people. I'm just really clean. But he he looks in the mirror. And... Yeah, I I do like to look at. Yeah, hey, if you work out hard, you should well, look at okay. yourself. That's <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Nothing wrong but, with it.
0: <laughs> um, well, Brandon. That's your gonna,
1: work you put in. Yeah. Um,
3: Brandon's got has to go to shift here, so well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna go. head out to work. Uh, it was great meeting you guys.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, nice to meet you as well. And please, I don't know how you keep your stress level down, but we all appreciate you for the hard work that you're doing.
3: This stuff, this keeps my stress level down. So thank you for coming on. Appreciate it, both of you guys. Man. Brandon handles it a lot, man. I've been in the yard ER with
0: him a lot,
1: so definitely so.
3: Definitely so. Signing out. How, uh, Sign
0: it Mike? How much longer do you got, man? Like, do you got a few more minutes?
1: Uh, I can do a few more minutes, yeah. Ah, okay. It's a few so more minutes i How
0: do you want to like kind of wrap the episode up? Like what, I mean, you've, you've talked a lot, man. It's been a really genuine conversation. How do you want to wrap
1: up? I mean, hey, um, this is your show.
0: <laughs> well, I mean...
1: I would, we talked I would, a lot,
0: man. I mean, other than I'm gonna to have to ask you off air about Bachelor and at least get a listen. I do have a green screen coming in here, so we can make me look and, better. And my wife does uh, video, yeah, editing, video editing. Yeah, video so editing. Have some
3: ideas about, yeah, but uh, um, getting the tape together.
0: I think I think something to to talk about is Mike. Is you don't want to be famous? You just really want to be you and help people, right? The fame is kind of a byproduct, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I never. That was I never thought would have. I don't even consider myself famous, to be honest, bro. I like. Nah, I don't consider that at all. What, said, what what would
0: you consider fame? Like, what is what does
1: that mean then to you? Um, I I guess I won't think of I, if I were to become a household name, then I would say probably. But
3: nah, I don't think I am. I think if you're prominent and and doing things to help some some people, like that's that's fame, and that's what sure. you're trying to do right now.
1: I'm. I, or at yeah, least I just,
3: someone but, deserving of fame, right? I, I think that I, what I love is that you're a pull
0: yourself by the bootstraps type of guy. I like that you're an independent author. I like that you know you're not just the bad Babsonet guy. Like that's the thing. That's what I wanted to bring you on the show. Is Mike Johnson has been Mike Johnson since I knew him at thirteen years ago in two, yeah. no, or what was it, uh, September two thousand nine. Oh, no. Like you've been the same guy. So when I saw that you were famous, I didn't know you were famous, Mike. Like, to be honest, I remember you were a financial representative yeah. and I was like, oh, he's doing finance.
3: And I, I just knew you're a you great found guy. found out when we were downstairs and you showed me the picture. You know? I didn't know. And then I looked <laughs> at your
0: following and I go, oh, wow, I know that guy. Ow. And I still haven't watched an episode. I'm sorry. But I just know that no, you're, you're the same <laughs> straight guy, dude, that you've always been. So I want people to know that there is nothing that is not true about you.
1: You, you know, know people, like, I'm glad you said that. Uh, people say, I'm sorry didn't watch the show. I'm like, Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't even watched all the episodes yet, to be honest. Like,
0: <laughs> well, I su- I support you, so it's like I'm gonna buy your book, like, bro. I'm gonna read that shit, oh, yeah. and I'm gonna push that. Yeah, it's gonna be here. Like, I'm pumped for that. However, we can support you. This podcast is starting to take off a bit, so we'll promote you here in Phoenix, and um, we just need more successful good men in the community, and that's what the podcast is, right? Was uh, just a couple dudes, JAKD, was built because we feel in society there's not a lot of voice for good men. We think good women like your mom, your grandma, my mom, my stepmom, uh, Brandon's wife, Justin's wife, you know, all the women are, our lives have done really good things, but we need men to step up. I think we can agree on that in all issues in society is that men need to be better. We need to promote good examples of that. And that's basically what the show is about. Um, Just a couple of good dudes promoting good men. That's it, man. We happen to talk high science talk sometimes, but, (laughs) you know, like, I, I don't know. People want real talk. People crave authenticity. And um, I think that's what made you stand out, obviously, because you went to a realm of, you know, a lot of persona, a lot of, um, you know, it's like the $40,000 millionaire. You ever heard that term? 30K
3: millionaire. Or
0: 30K millionaire. You the know guys, what I
3: mean? The guys that, that spend like the millionaires, but they make 30K. Yeah. People, oh, people try yeah. to inflate when what I was, they want. When, when I was an are. advisor, I called them a thousandaire yeah <laughs> that was in there
0: hey, <laughs> oh man I resemble that comment i i think i think mike even with having a few million i'm gonna have a corolla because i'm like hey it's american made mostly and well i want a cyber truck yeah okay there we, i want a cyber he truck talks I about that this, almost every podcast but big yes. elon musk fan <laughs> i like halo the video game so like why not i like the environment there you go you can have your own warthog <laughs> yeah man, that's what it is exactly. it's basically a warthog um but uh Dude, Mike, I appreciate you so much, bro, for coming on. And if I'm ever out in San or wherever you're out in Texas, whatever, I'd love to meet up someday in person, maybe see a Cowboys game or something. I don't know.
1: Let's do it, man. I go to Phoenix a lot, actually. Well, oh, pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Oh, okay. Well, you can
0: well, still we'll come out. You, out you just wear your mask, okay, Mike? You'll be fine.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, thank you for having me on, bro.
0: Yeah, man. We're going to be uh, done recording unless anyone else has anything else to talk about.
1: No.
2: No, yeah, it was great being on with all you guys and Brandon, you know, writing about you, I finally get to meet you. So that's cool. And then seeing you and Frank <laughs> night again, that's pretty cool. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a little one in there. So back in basic. Like I said, Mike sat a couple beds over from me and Mike actually came over one day. It was pretty late at night. I was doing stuff I wasn't supposed to do. I was writing <laughs> a letter, Right. And I was actually writing to my soon to be or now is father in law to ask for his daughter's hand in marriage kind of thing and mike i don't know if you remember this you actually came over and sat with me for a little bit as i wrote some of that and i kind of soundboarded you it had to be like midnight we probably would have gotten in trouble if anybody had come in but that's probably one of my favorite memories from from boot camp of you and me that's what's up bro Nah,
1: that's that makes me smile like crazy that's great that's so crazy so crazy
0: Yeah, man. And just, just you being there and being a presence during a really tough time for a lot. I think people don't realize the amount of stress people go under during that time. They call it like a shell shock syndrome. Uh, You know, the first three weeks, it's like normal to want to jump out of a window. Like, it just sucks. Like you have no life. You lose all your civil rights. Like, dude, bro, I can't even go to the bathroom in peace. You know what I mean? Like, what the hell? I can't even poop quietly. Like, anyway, so it was nice to have people in there that we banded together as brothers. And you can see that you know, now, even 13 years later. I haven't seen you guys since 2009 and yeah. uh, it's the same.
1: That's crazy. Uh, man, Justin, thank you for telling me that, bro. That, yeah, that, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep smiling the rest of the day because of that.
2: <laughs> and it's such a little thing, but you know, it means yeah. a lot and I remember it like distinctly. So, you know, those little things that we did that built us up as who we are. All right, guys, well, we're gonna, we're gonna sign off here in a second, so. All
0: right, All right. wonderful guys. We... Well, uh, did i stop hang on
3: thank you for tuning in to another can't miss episode of just a couple dudes or jacked podcast we're new on twitter so please give us a follow at, at @jakd_pod. on instagram you can follow us at jakd_podcast, underscore podcast and we have a new youtube channel set up at just a couple dudes and that's couple with a k we also have a website jakdpod.com with a new store set up where you can check out our merch and other fun items that we're going to be putting up So please give us a follow, check out our website, and tune in for the next podcast that we'll be releasing shortly. Thanks.